Sam Rajovsky here, Sam Nation, live on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Happy Sunday. We're getting through this, and I, <laughs> I'm i happy to be back in the saddle, as, as those of you who follow the program on a regular basis know I was traveling the last couple weeks, and it's always, you know, when I've got my equipment, i got a little bag that I travel with, I've got all the equipment in there, but just not my usual studio, not my same space. I don't have Dr. Audio. Or producer Robbie. I left them behind. And so it's just never quite the same uh, doing the show from, um, from my travels. But nonetheless, back, uh, back in town and happy to be here, friends. And lots going on, lots to discuss and unpackage. Gallup, I want to start with this fascinating stuff. Gallup has uh, released a comprehensive survey of Americans' attitudes on certain topics, subjects, uh, but uh, on particular industry sectors in particular. And it compares, this is a, a, a four-year comparison, so it goes back a few years to and, and tracks if there's been a change, for better or for worse, up or down, for, uh, for particular uh, industries and business sectors. You know the one that grew the most, meaning the, the, the largest positive change in the last few years, was farming and agriculture. Yep, a net 58% increase, okay, in, in what uh, opinions, right? Favorable opinions, total positive 69%. Uh, so there's that. Um, but one interesting thing here that I, I found is, is sports. Now, you know, this is a current events political program. We are not a sports program, but I'm talking about sports here because this, I think, is fascinating. See, the, well, uh, sports has gone, has gone down significantly. And, uh, and I'll, I'll go, I'll get through this. I'll show you the numbers. It, it overall a net 30% decrease. And I'm sorry, I'm going to go, I'm going to make a correction here. This actually is just year over year. So this goes back to 2019. I believe I said it was a four-year change. Just year over year. So going 12 months back, 30% decrease in favorable views for sports. Now, here's broken down, because this is Gallup, they go into the details. So, broken down, what do you think? You think that's among men or women? I think it's one of the things that surprised me the most. Women were the biggest leader in, in a drop of favorable ratings or views of sports. Down 34% among women. So, a, a, significant, a significantly interesting thing, and I, I'm, I'm bringing this up right now, because there we had a... We had the first NFL game this week, did we not, friends? Thursday night in Kansas City, the Chiefs played the Texans, the Houston Texans. And, uh, yeah, so they they played the anthem. And the Houston Texans, they stayed in the locker room. And the fans, the fans in the stands, they began to boo. They booed. They were not happy about it, were they? 
And then I guess the the Houstons came out on the field and, and met with the Chiefs and they locked arms in a show of unity. And the booing continued. Now, I, <laughs> if you hadn't seen it, if you hadn't witnessed it, if you were just perhaps watching the news or following Twitter or perhaps reading CNN.com, you would be under the impression that, of course, the, they, they, they came out on the field together, locked arms in unity, had a moment of silence to recognize oppression and whatnot. And then, and as a result, it was the fans booing the show of unity. Because that's, that's, that's the common perception of how all this went down. But the fans are booing because they stayed in the locker room. They didn't come out for the anthem. And here, I can explain this statistic. I, I, I know there's COVID as an element in it, probably. But I'm telling you, with COVID... With all the craziness going on, we want our sports as an escape. We Americans, we actually want to be unified, but these so-called shows of unity aren't helping. They're incredibly divisive because they're controversial, because they're attached to political movements. And we want to go to games and not be political. We want to go to games And forget about the election. Gosh forbid. We don't want to hear about Trump. We don't want to hear about Biden. We don't want to hear about Black Lives Matter. We want to see football. We want to see basketball. And we want to see hockey. That's what I want to see. Gosh, I got the Knights got to keep this going. How about that? All right. So that's what this is all about. It is. And, and, and two, the other interesting thing is that they're losing, uh, what is it, they're losing 34 to 55-year-olds in massive numbers. Now, that's the second most coveted demographic in advertising, which is, I think, an uh, interesting thing to know. But also, I, I, I'm becoming increasingly the big spend category in advertising. So, you know, if it's all about getting people to watch TV and watch the game, and if it's a matter of business then I, I, I think that all of this woke nonsense is just not helping. I, I know, I know, I know. They, you've got, it, it's tough because you, you, know, you play a game and you love a game. And I, I sympathize with the athletes. So you've got, you have a game and now you start to make incredible sums of money. And you're there, you're at the, you know, you're at the top of the, of the of the pile, right? You've hit the zenith of your professional as, you know aspirations of your career. You're you're hoping to get even further, but you're you're there. I mean, you are there, and it starts to you know you might have a political opinion, and I don't and I and I don't discount the fact that some of these players have really strong opinions and closely held opinions. But the, the problem is, is ah, you just you got. It's this sports is the opportunity to bring people together. I watched as we celebrated the other day on anniversary of September 11th. And and the one clip that everyone was replaying was George W. Bush coming out on the field and throwing the first pitch. Is it a Yankees game? Yeah, the Yankees game. Right after September 11th. And he got I mean, that was and and everybody was and we were unified. Now we're unified, of course, because of September 11th. But. 
sports, right? Again, it's a unifying thing. We're coming together as one country, one nation, one people. And so this is a this is an enormous this is an enormous drop. And I I hope I hope that um, that we get past this. Now, the woke movement, of course, is not just tainting sport. It's not just permeating the football fields and the basketball courts. It's also now invading my movies, my cinema. If you guys know me, you know, I love a good film. And by the way, I saw a good one on the plane. I'm going to tell you about that when we come back from the break. But I, uh, yeah, but I'm telling you, have you seen the new stuff about the Oscars? The Oscars has new comprehensive uh, criteria now for how, uh, what, what kind of, I guess, threshold a movie nominated for Best Picture, not even getting the top prize, but just being nominated, what hoops they have to jump through. I'm going to tell you all about that when we come back, because this is, if you haven't heard this, I'll get you the details. And um, yeah, Dr. Audio, are you still a member of the Academy? Nodding his head. We will have info for you here that you haven't heard anywhere else. Sam Rajofsky, live on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. You got hurt in an accident. Now you need the right lawyer to help you. Don't hire a do-nothing, no-call, no-show lawyer. We are Sam and Ash, and we are different. We've recovered over $400 million for our clients, and we promise to always call you back the same day. While no one can guarantee an outcome in your case, we have the experience to get you the results that you deserve. So call us at 702-820-1234. Or visit samandash.com. Because you deserve what's right. Rajovsky, Sam Nation, News Talk, AM 840, KXNT, and I am reclaiming my time. Right. So, this, yeah, we we're talking about that Gallup poll, 20 years of tracking America's views on various businesses uh, and industries, and we now have sports ranked third from the bottom. By the way, BTW, what do you think is the bottom industry, the bottom of the barrel, the number zero on the list? <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Uh, That would be the federal government. Correct answer. Uh, They have and they've dropped, by the way, by 20 percent. To give you an idea, again, the sports industries drop significantly. uh, And it's third from the middle of the pack uh, is is healthcare. I mean, so this this uh, by the way, that's interesting because. You would think with everything going on this past year with COVID and, and us being, I think, yeah, very aware of the incredible sacrifices that doctors and nurses and other healthcare professionals were making for us and our well-being, that that, that number would have gone up more than it did. Um, and by and I know you want to know this. So I'll just I'll just clear the air. Lawyers went up six points. I know I you know, I <laughs> I'm just going to say it's because um because of Ashley, the Ash of Sam and Ash. I, I would credit her more or less uh, for single-handedly uh, bringing that up. <laughs> so uh, interesting numbers. Now, entertainment, I was looking for a television and radio industry, plus seven. Interesting. Um, so that movie industry, plus four, uh, but still toward the bottom. So they've gone up a little bit. I don't know. This this survey was, of course, done right before 
or was completed at least, uh, before the release of these new Oscar standards. The, the New York Times, of course, is crowing that these standards are sweeping but safe. <laughs> Listen to this. There now, in order for a movie to be selected, nominated, right, nominated for Best Picture, you need to meet two out of four diversity standards. There's a, and there, the standards are looped into two categories. There's standard A, standard B. The standard B really has to do with behind the scenes people. The, you know, the grunts work in the movie and, and how diverse that group is. But think of that more like business practices. The better part to me, I mean, this is, <laughs> this is comical. This this is where it becomes we we are we are actually becoming a self parody of ourselves with this kind of nonsense. So standard A is that okay? I'll go through the list. It has to be you have to have two. I think two out of three of these. One or more of the actors have to be from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group. And this is an actor that is cast in a significant role. Now, the second one here is that the st- or the story must center on LGBTQ people, women, a racial or ethnic group, or the disabled. And finally, at least 30% of the cast must be actors from at least two of these four underrepresented categories. Okay, and by the way, it just has to be one of these things, not two. So just one of these things. I cannot wait for the next Schindler's List to come along. They're going to have people of color everywhere in Auschwitz. Now, I'm not making fun. But this is, can you imagine trying to make Schindler's List today? To make a movie that has to be in some way, I'm going at least historically accurate. So at least one key actor has to be from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group. You know how tricky that is in Central Europe? (sighs) In the 40s. 30% of the cast must be actors from at least two of these four underrepresented groups. I mean... Thirty uh, percent of the cat. Look at that. I mean, you've uh, imagine you're making a movie about Rome or I, I, you know, ancient Greece, and you've got a shot with uh, two hundred people in it. And now you're you're. I guess you're going to have to ask people. But you know, I, I I don't I don't even I don't even know where this is headed, but it's no place good. And what this is a departure from, what this does not acknowledge, this is this. These are all silly qualifications on top of merit. Because the Oscar getting an Oscar from the Academy used to mean something and it meant you it was, again, reaching the pinnacle of your craft. And it meant that you had the best movie, not that you had the best diverse movie. It was you had the best movie. And this, of course, is a, 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 an answer to criticism that, uh, what was it, last year or the year before, it was all 20 of the 20 top Oscars that were awarded. There was not one visage with enough color in it. 
Um, and, and again, I don't, I don't, I know I should go into the Oscars. I, I always, for me, the Oscars is an exercise of listening to really stupid people talk when they're not given a script. And so that's always a very frustrating deal. Now, now, Dr. Audio, you're in the Academy. You're in the Academy for your, for your audio witchcraft, correct? Is that how that works? And you have to, are you given then, you're one of the voters. See, that's cool. Now, have you been briefed yet on all this hocus pocus? No, he has not been briefed. Now, how do you, well, I don't know, an audio, which you get a ballot. Got it. Okay, so the ballot has a qualifying. Okay, all right. All right. Well, I, I don't even know if in, on the audio side, I guess it would have to, it's going to come down to how many people are working behind the scenes on it. But it's, I mean, a lot of these shops, right, and by the way, I understand it, like people like you who are, a, you know, a one-man studio. Uh, <clears throat> and I said, man, so, um, I mean, there, I might recommend a change. You may want to consider that because, no, because here's the thing, like, how do you, you're basically, you're effectively, as a white male, effectively disqualified if, if it has to satisfy tick one of these boxes. Because you're not the kind of person that, you, you're just a one, you're just a, you're an artist, you're a one man, you're a one man band. That's it. Bring the wife to work, get, put her in the chair. Bring a goat in, whatever it takes. I mean, but this is, folks, we've just lost our minds. And I gotta, I, I gotta step back from all of this and 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 remind you. I, for me, look the the for me the I, the where you work is on in the on the opportunity side. That's where we make progress, and we're making progress. We are do, we're this this country has come so far in fifty years in my lifetime. And opportunities that that I admit, you know, 80 years ago were simply not there for people of color. We have now. But creating. I, creating a par system, bonusing points and handicaps and things for you know affirmative action, if you will, based on immutable characteristics is the very definition of racism. It does nothing to overcome racial disparity, and it only creates resentment. And I promise you, in the long run, this will do more harm than good. It has me absolutely, I am, I am a, I, I could, I'm a thousand percent convinced that this is, this is, a, this is not going to lead to anything great. Now, the movie that I was going to tell you, the movie that I saw on the plane, so I was flying to Europe. I, you know, it's it's a effectively an eleven hour flight, a straight flight uh, from the you know from the west coast to to central Europe. And so it it is a I'm not a big sleeper on planes, so I it's a, a effectively a great opportunity to catch up on movies I haven't seen. And I saw Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. Producer Robbie, have you seen that movie? Boy, you are gonna love it. So it's Matthew McConaughey and, and, you know, and he's not, he's easy on the eyes. I like him. What can I tell you? And he, and you know, Guy Ritchie, he's the guy he's had, he, well, I know Madonna's ex. That's not, that's not how I know him. Uh, Lock, stock and two smoking barrels, snatch those movies. Very, very talented director in my view, 
Uh, and and it, the whole story is this guy, Matthew McConaughey, is an American guy. He's a Rhodes Scholar, I think. He comes to Great Britain, and, and he studies at Oxford, drops out, and becomes the king of marijuana. He's a, a, a high-touch grower of marijuana. Now, see, already I have Robbie's interest. I can tell through the glass. I'm an expert in body language. Robbie has leaned in. If this were a date, I would, I'd be getting excited. So this, this movie, uh, Robbie's very good, uh, and I highly recommend it. And, uh, you know, it's got that right mix of, of, you know, American culture and British culture and, ah, so good. Anyway, I have to, I have to reflect on it because I, watching the movie, I didn't check to see if there were minorities in the movie. I didn't think about it. You know why I like the movie? Because the acting was great. The story was great. The script was fantastic. I don't care if, you know, if a disabled LGBTQ midget did the script. That doesn't matter to me. It was a dang fine good script. It was amazing. And I'm sure a lot of talented, diverse people worked on that movie. And were even in it. And I I watched it for what it was, which is tremendously good entertainment, quality work, and I was very... I very much liked it. So I'm not sure if it'll get an Oscar. By the way, these rules will go into effect in 2024. So it's going to be a while. Uh, Speaking of things going into effect in the future and what effect they will have on the future, Bob Woodward dropped his book. Everybody, I told you this last week, everybody's got a book and an axe to grind. Such a non-story, this. I'll explain when we come back. Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Don't go anywhere. Ash, what about those insurance ads with catchy jingles? And the lawyer commercials. The jingles might get stuck in your head, but they're designed to do one thing, distract you. Distract you from hiring the right professional team to represent you. Choose reputation over shtick. Sam and I are real personal injury attorneys who focus on you and your recovery. Call us anytime, 702-820-1234. Or visit samandash.com. Because you deserve what's right. You know, these new Oscar rules, all these requirements, diversity, editions, whatnot, kind of reminds me of hearing uh, what, uh, you know, what communism, any kind of totalitarian regime has uh, by way of their uh, ministry of propaganda, things they allow and do not allow into movies, criteria, whatnot, that have nothing to do with the plot of the movie, nothing to do with anything, but are all there as sort of add-ons, necessary hurdles to make whatever's being produced politically satiable. Very odd stuff. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Hope you're all having a great day. I am rarely wrong, as you know, but always right. And uh, pleased to be here back in Las Vegas, Nevada, from my travels. And those of you who did listen to both shows, again, I, uh, Dr. Audio, it was pretty bad, wasn't it, sound quality? Yeah, I know. You did, you did, you did your best that you could, you know, being, uh, being 5,000 miles away, so I, I credit you with that. Uh, Bob Woodward. Now, who is this? Bob Woodward, you know, this is this guy. This guy peaked in Watergate. Bernstein, right? Woodward. Bernstein, not the PI lawyer. Different guy. 
That's a little Las Vegas joke for you locals. Anyway, they they were the ones who, you know, exposed Nixon. And and I say they peaked early because these two guys got to understand. I mean, they they were young when Watergate came down. I got to think they're around 30, something like that. They were young guys. And ever since then, there hasn't been anything as juicy as Watergate. And so what you have every time that one of these Woodward exposés comes out, he's done it on Bush, he's done it, I mean, the, the left-wing guy, so certainly nothing on, uh, on Obama. But every, every time, like every time he's, he sinks his teeth into something like this, it's just bigger than Watergate. And it's not. It really isn't. So I, 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 what am I, I'm referring to this book that is coming out, and it's all about conversations that Woodward had with Trump and and I guess most damaging in there, if you will, or this is the at least the narrative that's being put out there, the most damaging are his comments, Trump's comments on COVID. And in those comments, Trump has, you know, down, you know, says I'm publicly downplaying the virus. I know that it's bad, uh, but I don't want people to panic. And he actually says that on tape. And And this, by the way, that is now getting translated into Trump lied. Trump lied. People died. Now, I, you got to go back to, I want to tell you something. Nowhere, I haven't read the book yet, and honestly, I probably won't. But I, I doubt that anywhere in the book is going to be New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's statement on January 30th. Quote, we have been here before. It's January 30th, right? We already know a lot of stuff going on. And he says, we have been here before, and I want to remind New Yorkers that it is much more likely that they will be exposed to the influenza virus than to the coronavirus, close quote. I also remember, I remember the Chinatown comments, Nancy Pelosi. This is February 24th, a month later. Quote, it's very safe to be in Chinatown and hope that others will come. We want people to be concerned and vigilant. However, we don't want them to be afraid. So again, This fear is, I think, unwarranted in light of the precautions that are being taken here in the United States. Look, Pelosi, Cuomo, two prominent Democrats downplaying the virus at precisely the same time that Woodward is having his conversations with Trump. Now, the other thing about this is, is that we know that Trump is someone who uh, is a marketing guy. As a marketing guy, he, he gets the fact that he does not want to create a panic. And you have to understand that Trump's public comments very different from some of his, his, his actions. For example, one day after Cuomo's quote, there's nothing to worry about here, he closed air traffic uh, and shut down flights from China. And granting those flights, blocking those flights from coming, of course, resulted in a number of people on the other side of the aisle, crying foul about Trump's, uh, you know, racism and whatnot. So, uh, look, to me, this book really, it's just repackaged everything that we already know. And, and, and Trump's biggest fault, biggest fault is that he spoke to the media. I, as a rule, do not ever talk to the press. Uh, I got burned once a long time ago, 10 years, 15 years. Somebody wrote an article about me and, um, I don't think it's anywhere. You can't even find it. It doesn't matter. It's, it was, it's, I, I, but the point is right. The, the mistake I made is, is to talk freely to a reporter. Do not do that. 
it's a bad idea. Um, and and it not not on your behalf, right? I mean, if I'm talking on behalf of a client, I'm dealing with the case. I, I talk to the media a lot, but not uh, when it's a story or something about me. I, I stay far away from that. And I'll and I'll tell you he, here. It's just classic Trump. He can't help himself. He's got Woodward there and Woodward's fawning over him. And oh, oh, it's so you're so wonderful. You're so wonderful. And this is exactly how reporters get their stuff. So. The, the the I think the lesson here is don't talk to the press and you can't win the press over. And I'm actually surprised that Trump had so many conversations with Woodward. And, and I think I think we're going to find more more about the backstory in the coming week and how all this transpired. But it's a total non-reveal. And I don't I don't particularly see anything that is um that is 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 uh, I don't know anything particularly revolutionary here. And I also don't think it's going to change anyone's mind. I just don't think at this point it's 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 that it's that it's that uh, that relevant. Now, I I think you know I thought a lot about this and kind of the state of the race because it's really every week now somebody is coming out with a book we talked about Michael Cohen's book last week we had Bolton's a few weeks ago remember by the way since we spoke a week ago and and the crisis du jour whether were Trump's alleged comments saying he didn't care about wounded troops and captured troops and 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 killed uh, troops that were killed in action uh, and and all that brouhaha and I I said you know I don't really necessarily know if this is this 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 is ringing true and and we'll find out more about it interestingly if you hadn't caught it you haven't caught this it was an interesting fact uh they you know that uh, bolton came out and denied it he said he, well he was there i guess in the room uh when trump was in paris and says i'm not going to travel there to to the cemetery because i don't care about you know yeah and bolton denied it and bolton hates trump he just says Flat out did not happen. I was there. Didn't transpire the way uh, they're saying it happened. So uh, of interest. But back to the campaign and where all this is going. Um, I the 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 sneaking and nagging sensation that I have and the little small short hairs on the back of my neck is that there there's something afoot here that nobody's capturing, that nobody's picking up. And I don't have I don't have data for you. Uh, I don't. Uh, what I have is I, you know, I talk to everybody about this and I'm, I'm fascinated by people and what they're what they're doing. And I'm I, I'm keeping a mental tally in my head of people who didn't vote for Trump in 16 are voting for Trump now. People who didn't vote for Trump in 16 and are still not voting for Trump in 16. And then people who voted for Trump in 16 and are saying now that they won't. And then, of course, the people that that were and still are out of this conversation. Let's take out the people that did and still are and the ones that didn't and still won't. Does that make sense? Those are the we'll call those the two extremes, right? Those are but they're set in their ways. They they voted in 16. They still like him. They did. They hated his guts in 16 and they still do now. What is far more interesting is that middle are the people that and. And, and, and now that is this is the determiner of every election is do you have more of the people who didn't vote but are voting now or do you have do you have more of the people who voted and now won't the second time around? 
And I personally am experiencing far more people who didn't but are, particularly women, girlfriends, relatives of fa- you know family members, wives, uh, people that I've I interact with socially, professionally. I find it tremendously fascinating. And the root cause, when I ask about it, there's two things. Economy and public safety. Remember what I said about sports? We began the program talking about that Gallup survey. And there's been a a big drop for sports uh, in terms of their ranking with the public, the the, the perception, right? Positive perceptions dropped uh, significantly. And this drop, I, I mentioned this uh, earlier in the program, is that this drop was, was happened as a, significantly more among women. There's a big increase. I think it was the 34, I just put it away, the 34%, I believe, increase or in, in negative perception among women of sport. And why is that? And I, my, my gut feeling is, is that now that sport has begun, and now that what started as a, I don't know, as a, as a uh, civil rights issue, as a, uh, as a, as, as wokeness, now that Antifa has attached itself with scenes of burning suburbs, Burning cities, but particularly burning suburbs. The stuff going on in Portland, that is scaring women like crazy. It is scaring moms. It's scaring daughters. It's scaring grandmothers. I am telling you, it is absolutely significant. When we come back, I, I, want to, I want to talk about this just a little bit more. Because this is the this is not being talked about right now. And you're seeing polls tighten, which I predicted. I predicted they would tighten. Uh, and there's reasons for that beyond just attitudinal shifts. But there's a reason there's there's a portion of people out there that aren't even represented in this polling. And I'll explain that more when we come back. Sam Rajofsky, Sam Nation here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. If you've been injured in an accident, you need the right team on your side. Ashley is a former insurance defense attorney who knows the insurance industry's playbook. And Sam is an experienced high-stakes negotiator for accident victims and their families. At Sam and Ash, our sole focus is on you, your recovery, and getting you the best possible settlement in the least amount of time. Call us day or night at 702-820-1234 or visit samandash.com. Because you deserve what's right. Sam Rajofsky, Sam Nation, here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Always, always having a good time here with you, friends. Uh, Enjoy being with you on these Sundays. Um, Now, I... Uh, we were just talking about the uh, some unofficial polling that I have done, informal, anecdotal examinations of how people plan uh, to vote this November. And I have a number of people, a lot more people, uh, frankly, than I expected telling me, yeah, I didn't vote for Trump. And, yeah, I think he's an idiot, but I'm voting for him this time around. 
and the reasons are in order. Actually, it's it, I, I, I've heard more people say it's about the economy. They don't want to rock the boat, but they are also they are terrified about what's going on in the cities and in the suburbs. And it comes down to to public safety. But it also comes down right now. The, the, the radical left in this country has been sharpening its knives out for the great American suburbs. And the way look, it's packaged, the, right, it, they never are saying we're, it's a war on the suburbs. What they're saying is they want uh, increased high-density housing and increased affordable housing. And what they're trying to do away with is, is the, uh, the local, uh, local uh, municipalities being able to have zoning for single-family dwellings, single-family residences. Now, if you – I get – look, if, if you've got a neighborhood and you've got a certain home value, for most Americans, their, their biggest nest egg is their home, right? Your, whatever equity that you have in your house, that's your retirement. For a lot of people, that's it. And the idea of taking a neighborhood that has single-family homes and allowing a developer to come in and build an apartment building right next door, but as part of that apartment building, now uh, you have to put some uh, low-income housing in it because you know that's going to be part of the deal. All of a sudden, you've got a whole different group of people that are milling around your neighborhood, your parks. Different set of kids going to the public school that used to be good but no longer is. And, um, and there's some examples of this type of thing happening, and, 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 it's, and it's big in L.A. I'll tell you this. If you live in Los Angeles, you know what I'm talking about. They, this has been – the city officials in L.A. have been on one to, to make these changes. And I have a number of friends who live out there and who are – uh, who have told me about this. So I, but that's one part of this. The other part of it is just public safety. These, the visuals of what look like fairly regular, nice-looking streets in Portland, cars burning at night, trash cans burning at, uh, at night, you know, people out there shooting, people in, in black, uh, wearing black, I mean, right? Antifa, you know, the Antifa paramilitary uniforms out there causing trouble, wreaking havoc, and these we- these poor, unfortunate police officers, law enforcement officers who are out there given, you know, stand-down orders by weak-kneed politicians. And the idea of having the same people that run Portland and the same people that run New York City and the same people that have allowed this to happen even in Atlanta be in charge of the White House, the federal government scares the crap out of middle-class women. And try as the media want, might, I mean, they, this is a group that, uh, in, in, in 16, a lot of women I know that were, you know, certainly no fans of Hillary Clinton, but they sat it out with Trump because they just didn't like him and they thought, you know, he was a sleazeball. And they didn't like him because, they, they, you know, he was a guy that was obviously disrespectful to his wife. They didn't like that. But this time around, their neighborhood might be on fire, and they're, <laughs> they're no longer hung up on Stormy Daniels, if you catch my drift. So this, I think, is a, this is a powerful force here in the background that I, is not getting acknowledged. Now, I did tell you the polls were going to tighten up, 
And this, okay, polling, for the most part, polling is political. And there, the polls that get, you know, a lot of them that get, uh, especially the ones that are commissioned by uh, the mainstream media outlets, they are not accurate and they are designed to show strength for the candidate, for the preferred candidate. The preferred candidate here for the mainstream media, of course, is none other than Joseph Biden. But what you'll always see in these races is when there's an inflated and overstated strength for that preferred candidate leading up to the election, you will start to see that lead diminish. And this is done specifically and with particular purpose to increase, well, let's say, uh, motivate supporters for said preferred candidate to go to the polls. Because, look, if he's up by 15 points, quote unquote, uh, then there is, I think, less motivation for people to go. Ah, he's got it in the bag. I'm not going to go out and vote. So this becomes a, a voter motivation. And uh, and so you'll see these polls start to tighten. But I'm still skeptical of the polls, and I think the only X factor in this election, and I, I, I confidently predicted the last one. And the reason why I hesitate to predict anything here is because we are just in an unprecedented time with mail-in voting. No, mail-in voting is not the same as absentee voting. Absentee voting, you have to select it, you have to opt in, you have to fill out a form, you gotta, it's, you're getting your ballot, and it's... And it's and, and it's not everyone doing that. It's just a handful of people doing it. And now with so many mail in ballots in circulation, with so many more, the magnitude, right, of the of the opportunity for fraud, of for misuse. With the sheer scale of that now being increased the way it has, um, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to lie. I, I know I'm telling you that the opposition here will do anything. They will do anything to get elected. Anything. They, to them, Trump is an existential threat and the ends justify the means. 100%. And I've seen it. I, I used to be a uh, proud uh, resident, longtime resident of the beautiful state of California. And I can tell you that Tom Steyer and others out here Spent a lot of money on on vote harvesting, taking even just absentee ballots, getting them harvested. And, and, and you know, who's who's filling them out? I, you know, gosh, only knows. And this is how California is. And frankly, the Democrats are just a lot better at this. And uh, and I'm and, 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 and I think it's it's a, an, a huge X factor in how this election turns out. So not really prepared um, at this point to, to make a call here. But I, I'm telling you, uh, the, the takeaway is while there's a giant unknown for how this mail-in thing's going to work and the huge opportunity for fraud, uh, I think among the general population, this race leans Trump. Contrary to anything out there that you are hearing from the mainstream media, it just does. And the single greatest wound, right, that is self-inflicted is this cozying up with BLM. And, and, and of course, BLM, while, meanwhile, BLM is basically getting overrun by Antifa. Um, in, in Nevada here, by the way, for those of you, because many of you in California listen to this program, I'm going to tell you every two minutes there is an ad for Joseph Biden on TV. 
And one of the ads in the rotation is all about him saying this, I, the, you know, these are not protests, these are riots. They know this is a problem for them. And so they're addressing it in, in, their, in their propaganda on a daily basis. Um, spending a lot of money here. We'll see what, uh, what happens. All right. As usual, the fastest hour of radio just evaporated. Whew, there it went. What fun we have together, don't we? All right, well, you can find us if you miss any portion of the show on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn. Follow me on What's Right Sam. You can catch me there on Twitter. Also, Sam Nation. Look for that. And uh, I'll be back at this again next week. Really appreciate you guys. Great to be with you. Sam Rajofsky, Sam Nation, News Talk, AM 840, KXNT. KXNT.